Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hey, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn, and Emily Schultz is with me, hey your guys. co-host. Emily, we've yes. got a really cool interview today yeah. with a couple. Their name is um, Joe and Shannon Zimmerman, mm-hmm. and I got connected with them through a mutual friend uh, that sometimes I work out with. We both love CrossFit, and he was like, dude, you've got to hear this gal's story. Because she went, they were missionaries for a little while. I don't want to tell the whole story. They were missionaries for a little while. She went through a couple-year battle with cancer, hmm. and then she winds up um, beating cancer. She's she's free of cancer. And this past year, she was the second fittest woman in Indiana. No way. A major CrossFitter. Wow. So when I heard that, I was like, wait, she loves Jesus, mm-hmm. right? She's got a fantastic family, and she has a great story, and she loves CrossFit. Woo! <laughs> That's all I needed to know. I'm like, of course, of course, You're we're gonna have her on the podcast. You're automatically friends with anybody who loves Jesus and CrossFit. That's so true. Yeah, actually, that really is true. <laughs> automatically, <laughs> yeah, friends. automatically. So if you're out there and you love Jesus and you love CrossFit, we're friends already. I don't even already. know you. Check, check that box. <laughs> yeah, well, CrossFit's been really important for me. I think it's been a part of like my healing process has been right. important for me. But you know, um, I'll I'll kind of give you my commentary on CrossFit in a second. But you went through a season where you were doing CrossFit for a yeah. little while. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about that. Yeah. So I started um, this past June, so June of 2017. Um, Kent and I, my husband Kent. Um, went on paleo and then, uh, all of a sudden I just decided I wanted to do like all this lifestyle change. And so I went to CrossFit as well, um, and went for like a few months consecutively or consistently. Um, and I really did love it. Mm. Um, I think the, the components that I love the most was that you're working out with people like in a group or community setting. And so like when I felt like I was in at points in the workout where I just wanted to give up or walk out or cry (laughs) because there were a lot of workouts where I cried. Um, I would just look around and see that other people were still going. And like that would give me confidence that I could too. Um, And so I really love that. I remember walking into the office a few times and telling you guys like, hey, I did not cry today. (laughs) So like as painful as it was, um, I saw results really quickly, um, which was great. Um, And also, I don't know, I think in that in that season that I was doing CrossFit, um, I learned more things about myself and like what mm-hmm. I was capable of doing than I'd ever like known before because I'm not an athlete. Like mm. I've never been athletic. Um, I made the basketball team in eighth grade because nice. they didn't cut anybody. Wait, I was going to say, you're like four foot 11. <laughs> yeah, I came home and my mom was like, you made the basketball team? And then she said, we don't really have time for that in our calendar. So I made it and then I didn't And play. then your mom cut you. Right, my mom <laughs> cut me, which is fine. I love you, mom. Um, but... Yeah, so I I really do love CrossFit, and I'd recommend it to anybody who is even just trying to explore, hey, what does it look like to start working out? Like, I feel like CrossFit is is great for intros, or Mm -hmm. what is that called? Like a beginner? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's really great for experts, too. Um, And I feel like the coaches do a really great job of meeting you where you are. Well, I think that you are hit on something with the whole community aspect of things, because, and I'm I'm noticing this recently in my workouts, because my schedule's been so crazy. Um, I have a key to to our gym, and so I I can go in at any time I want to. My my yeah. gym owner just blessed me with that because he knows my schedule's crazy. But recently, I have not 
been going to classes. I've been going in by myself. Okay. And then I'll like compare my times of the workouts to the people who went into a class earlier mm-hmm. or something. Usually, and right now, like the people that I'm normally neck and neck with, I am falling way behind. Yeah. Because I don't, I haven't been pushed by them in those class contexts. Right. And so like there is a, there's something powerful about doing it together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a cool parallel for like our our Christian walk too, yeah. is that when you do something together, when you're like, you know, we're better together, that that we is more powerful than me. And so you have people that are alongside you, spurring you, you know, on and stirring you up to be able to make some strides or some gains in your spiritual life that you right. wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And I think that's why where CrossFit has has figured it out. Like they they have created this tribe, literally mm-hmm. this like tribe of people who have who have done who have done this thing in community. And they're like, they're it's it's just it feels like a cult. You know, that's what yeah. people are like, it's like a cult. And I thought so too. I was like, CrossFit, it's such a cult. And right. then you get in it and you catch that fever and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Or you watch those documentaries. Oh yeah, that's all well. you gotta do. <laughs> watch the Netflix documentaries. That's what hooked me. Holy cow. No yeah. joke. And so, anyways, there's this, so this gal. Um, and her husband, we got to host them on the podcast and it was just, a, it's a powerful story. It's yeah. really cool to see how they, how they've walked through, um, pain and, and difficulty and, um, in trial. And, and I think that what's also really remarkable about a CrossFit community is the, you, you feel this tension, um, simultaneously you are extremely competitive and encouraging at the same time. Right. So it's like, I'm going to beat you. But then you're like, also you're like encouraging the other person. You're like, come on. You, you know, it's like you're it. rallying around. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think what I got out of this podcast, you're going to listen to it. It's like what I got about out of this interview is like two people who have walked through trial, mm-hmm. who have seen triumph on the other side, and they're encouraging you. Yeah. They're like, you're going to hear this. You're going to feel hope and encouragement through their story. Like maybe you've never heard before. And so, I, man, I'm just excited about you hearing this. Yeah. We are too, or I am too. We are both excited together. <laughs> we are, for multiple you personalities over here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but before I say anything else awkward, um, <laughs> let's hop in and listen to the podcast let's with the Zimmermans. I'm here in the studio with my new friends Joe and Shannon Zimmerman. And man, it's great to have you guys here. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listener uh, individually, Joe? If you want to start. And- sure. Sure. My name is Joe Zimmerman, and I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, with my wife Shannon. She's pregnant with our first yeah. baby, due in March. <laughs> so right. I, I hear that that will change change <laughs> things. Everything. But <laughs> we've been married for eleven and a half years, I think. And wow. Um, have spent a lot of our working years together um, working the same job um, in two different countries in the Dominican Republic for three years. And then for the last seven years, we've been um, working here in Indianapolis out of our own house. So wow. we work together well and also drive each other nuts well. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm assuming you've heard Very that a talented. lot then. A lot of people saying, it changes everything. Is that what you're hearing a well, lot about? I don't know. It doesn't sound that hard to me to have a kid. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any, so I guess we'll oh. have to have to ask me again in three months, and maybe I'll have a different answer. That's all we heard when we were pregnant with Weston, and it was such a neutral statement. Wow, it changes everything. Right. Like, is that good, bad? Right. Like, what, yeah. Just tell me. Can you give me a qualifier? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Shannon? 
Um, I guess I could add to that. I'm from Michigan originally. I grew up in Michigan. Joe grew up in Ohio. And Okay. Um, well, how does that? Are you an Ohio State fan and a Michigan fan? How's no, this work? No, he, no, we're both Michigan fans. Oh. Like he is, and I just follow along. <laughs> Holy I like God. sports, and she does not like sports. Yeah, Man. I just like to be athletic, but not watch anything. Um, I don't know. We met at Taylor University. Okay, and cool. got married right away after. Man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, man, you guys have had quite a journey, and um, you know, I got connected to you through some some mutual friends that we have and mm-hmm. um, also a mutual interest that we have, and mm-hmm. that's in CrossFit. Now, I must say that I am so much more of a novice than you are, Shannon, <laughs> um, but a friend of ours, Kevin Harvey, he connected us, and mm-hmm. we had some time together, and I just got to hear your story, and man, I just thought it would bless our listeners to hear it, and um, so why don't you just take take a little bit of time, and together, you guys, tell me how you got to this point right here, where we're sitting, and you're sharing your story with me. You know, I think it starts several years ago, mm-hmm. while you guys were on the mission field, so talk to me a little bit about that, going and following God's call, and then what happened from there? Okay. I guess we'll just try to tell this together and jump in whenever you want. <laughs> um, so we met at Taylor and got married shortly after. And um, I was a Spanish education major. Joe was a business major and um, started off in two separate jobs and um, kind of had in the back of our minds that we always wanted to do some type of maybe full-time mission work, but didn't really know where or how long or what and what kind of opportunity could come up for us. Um, I think we kind of ended up convincing ourselves maybe it would be something we'd do like when we were older or retired or I don't know, because we both kind of like jumped into our jobs right away out of school. Um, But we did have an opportunity come up a lot sooner than expected, and it actually came from the person uh, in our relationship that I wouldn't have expected. It wasn't me being like, Joe, Joe, please, can we do this? It was actually him coming to me saying, I think we need to do this. And that just totally like was the first thing that was like, whoa, okay, like (laughs) this is interesting. Not really what I expected that he would be the one kind of um, putting something like this out on the table. But we had gone um, to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip together, just a short term trip for Mm -hmm. about two weeks, um, maybe six months after we were married, I think. And Um, Joe had been down a couple of times before just for like a short uh, one week trip and um, had been connected to the organization because it was um, based out of his hometown. He had, I mean, involvement from his family that goes back to grandparents on both sides and um, just kind of always knew about this organization called Solid Rock (laughs) that worked in the Dominican Republic. So uh, when he had taken some trips previously, that's um, well, when his wife-to-be, when he found out his wife-to-be uh, was interested in missions, he figured he should better go on a short-term mission trip yeah. and kind of learn like what it's what this is all about. And um, So anyways, he had gone a couple of times. We went together for about two weeks. And um, when we were down there, it was just, uh, I don't know, something about the experience. We were both like, this is, this is really cool. We could maybe mm. do this for for a longer term and maybe this is something we could do um, sooner than we thought. Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe now might be the right time. And um, we ended up 
and I, to interject, I had been a golf professional for five years and had, a, I love my job, um, but I didn't love the hours of it. Yeah. And just kind of looking forward, I saw the life that my head professional had and, you know, he wasn't there as much as me, but he was from April till, till October. He was definitely there as much as me. Right. So I was like, you know what, let's maybe look into something else. I was going to go back to Ball State to become a, a high school business teacher and get on the same schedule, schedule as my mm-hmm. wife. Um, I had grown up with two parents as teachers and just yeah. saw how that worked well with family. Um, so I was all set to go. I had taken my tests. We were ready to start the program in um, in May. And in March, got a phone call and said, you know, there wasn't enough interest. So we're going to cancel the program for this year. Oh, wow. Um, so that's when I called Shannon. And it was I think like it the was, only program in the area. Yeah, I think. it was the only so we were like, one. Wow, that door is like, the door shut. Bam. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I had already told um, my head professional that. That <laughs> I was leaving, and yeah. um, so that's when I told Shannon, I think on her birthday, that mm-hmm. hey, how about Solid Rock? Let's email the missionaries down mm-hmm. there that were running the guest house and and see if there's a place for us. You know, we could live in an apartment or live at the guest house with them, and you know, I could work with the construction team, and Shannon could help out in the kitchen or help translate or anything like that, and. Um, you know, they wrote back and said, Hey, you know, we don't think we want you for six months, but how about you take our job? We've been here for five years and <laughs> we've been you know, praying we, for a sign that it's time praying, for us to go home. And there's your sign. We've been praying for a sign that it's time to go home. So yeah. So I think two months later, you know, um, we had signed on and we're raising support for ourselves, not for six months, like we had originally hoped, but wow. that had to be really years. encouraging <laughs> yeah. to you that this couple is like, we've been looking to come home right. from the Medicare. We don't want to yeah. be here anymore. Come here, you know, like, well, get us out of here. You guys come here. You know? It was right. encouraging to um, be needed. I suppose yeah. that was one yeah. of my concerns was when we went overseas, I, you know, I wanted to be needed for that, mm. that period of time. I didn't want to go and, um, you know, have a ministry job or minister to the people there. I wanted to go and um, swing a pick or, yeah. you know, something very, you know, that I could, I felt like I could do. And so, yeah, so that um, was a little more than I felt like I could do, but at least it got me down there for, yeah. or got us down there knowing that we were needed. So, right. mm-hmm. wow. All right. So you guys, then you answer this call, you go down for long term. Was there like a was there like an end date? Was there a foreseeable future end date, or was it? Yeah, like a- we we started in October two thousand and eight. Um, so we raised funding and got prayer support, and um, for I guess four or five months, kind of closed up our yeah. lives here in in Indianapolis and rented our house out and um, packed up and went down in, in the middle of October two thousand eight. And our original commitment was three years. Okay. Um, or I think it was actually a little less than three years because I we had planned on coming home in May of eleven when I was going to start the the teaching program again, yeah. hoping that it would be available in the future. So, um, just under three years, we got down there, um, and then um, Shannon started feeling some some weird things. Mm. Uh, I guess a couple couple months into our into our stint down there, and that that turned into some stomach issues. Um, and you know, I'll let Shannon kind of tell the, the story of her health, at least in the, <laughs> how she felt during that. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I was going through several like different health issues at the time. I had a bunch of different autoimmune diseases and we were trying to keep up on getting my medications that I needed for that. And just like the stresses of, I remember when we first moved down, just like 
running around town, not knowing where we were going, just trying to look for like a pharmacy that carried the medication that I needed. But luckily we had a lot of medical teams that would come down. And yeah. Mind we you, up... we didn't know where we were going. <laughs> we didn't know how to drive. There's a million different motorcycles and cars and goats and dogs <laughs> everywhere. Naturally, like, ride a goat. Driving, driving into the think, clinic. Yeah, I don't think we had any like stoplights in town. Yeah. If we did, no they were like suggestions. All one-way roads. <laughs> didn't know. And yeah. we didn't know how to drive a stick, and that's all we had. Know, it was so great. it was. <laughs> oh my gosh! We're lucky we made it to the yeah. first pharmacy, let alone ten of them. Yeah. No, so, anyways, we didn't move down with me being in super great health to begin with. Um, I was just on different medications for things and developed. Uh, I guess what ended up being diagnosed as ulcerative colitis when we, like a few months after we moved down. So that was not fun to be dealing yeah, with like sure. stomach issues all the time. Yeah. Um, well, especially new type of food. Right. I mean, you're like yeah. talking about it's trying like, to get adjusted to a whole different country's. Right. Yeah. Food. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it could be said a third world countries. Uh huh. Yeah. Different yeah. germs wow. and wow. all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that wasn't super fun. Um, but, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I don't know exactly when I first started noticing something going on in my neck, but I, so one of the things that I went down having is I had um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis for a while. It's an autoimmune form of thyroid disease Hmm. that would make me hypothyroid and needing to be on medication for that. So my thyroid uh, with that condition was already slightly enlarged and Hmm. it's normal to have a goiter with that. So when I felt something just kind of like going on in my neck, I just thought, well, they told me I have this enlarged thyroid and it's slowly just going to kill itself off. So this is just Mm. like part of the process and I didn't really think too much of it. And I think eventually we ended up, I don't know, like we were even, I think we were in the States in May of 2000, because I was diagnosed in 2010. We were in the States in May and I didn't even think to see a doctor then. I just kind of wrote it off as... You know, like you don't, when you're, oh gosh, how old would I have been then? 25. Yeah. 24. When you're in your 20s, like the last thing you think is, oh, I have cancer. Right. Like at least Absolutely. most people don't go straight to that. Right. Um, so I just didn't really think too much of it. And um, I think it was not until uh, we got I think back. You were, I think in the, in the spring of 2010, you really started Starting to question, started but it wasn't it. enough that and I wanted to go to a doctor then. you talked to my brother who was in medical school uh-huh. at the time. And, yeah, he, you know, he, felt, says, he came and felt my neck, and it was like way off on the right side. He's like, oh, that's not your thyroid. Your thyroid's in the middle. I'm like, I know, huh. but like, I feel something like yep. over there. I yep. don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. So we started, that is what led us to start um, trying to like figure things out there in mm. the Dominican Republic, trying to see some doctors and um, we had like a ultrasound of my neck done in our town at like one of the only places that does it. And he couldn't really, he told us it was, it was a lymph node, what he mm. saw. So actually he told us it was a ganglio, but we didn't know what that word meant. So <laughs> we had go to go home and look it up. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's a ganglio, whatever okay. that is. Yeah. So yeah. And um, we actually, yeah. So that just kind of started the the whole process of trying to figure out insurance using that uh, yeah. or, or our own money and <clears throat> mm-hmm. trying to, um, you know, do we, you know, cause we lived about three hours away from the major metropolis area in, mm. in the Dominican Republic. So we did, you know, do we see ultrasound techs in our, in our town, San Juan, or do we wait till the weekend when we are going, um, into the capital mm-hmm. right. and, and this whole time, like, you know, from the spring of 2010 till, um, you know, to, for the next six months, we try kind of struggled with how do we 
get this diagnosed? Are we confident in that? And I had um, one of our medical team members who had come down and served with Solid Rock, an ENT surgeon from Gainesville, Georgia. Um, I kept contacting him and like, Dr. Stewart, like, is this, is this mm-hmm. right? This is what they're telling us to do. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, two months later, like, hey, this is what we're doing now. What do you think? He's like, yeah. So like six months later, he's like, you're going to be in Michigan, right? He's like, come down to Gainesville. We'll take a look mm-hmm. at you. I'm sure it's nothing. And, um, you know, we'll take, and it's like, thank you. Like, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Because we've had so many like questions. And every time we go to see a doctor in, in, in the Dominican Republic, we and kind of ended up with, with more, more, with um, more questions, questions. Yeah. Than, than we had answers. And and just kind of wasting a lot of time, it felt like, because every our free time was the weekends, and we'd end up sitting in some hospital in the mm. capital city, just like trying to get a test done that normally in the states would go super quickly, like a CAT wow. scan. We, I mean, we're just running around. I mean, it was a five-hour experience, I think, of getting tests done that they needed ahead of time, and yep. paying the person, and actually going and buying the bag of contrast from another place, and then bringing it to another place where you waited in line, and. Um, yeah, all that for uh, the scan, which mm-hmm. when we finally got to Georgia, found out it wasn't even good because the contrast had gone through at the... Well, actually, I don't even think they hit a vein. They just kind of like psh, like <laughs> sent it into my arms. It was super painful, like oh the way gosh. that they had it um, put into my arm or whatever. So they couldn't use it. So we kind of, once we got to Georgia, we had great friends who took wonderful care of us, got us all the testing we needed, booked everything for us. Um, kept us in their home, fed us. <laughs> yeah, so we got yeah. to Georgia, us. I think, and you had blood tests uh-huh. um, that day and walked into the lab um, oh in gosh. Gainesville. And <laughs> Shannon, um, you know, I, I don't know if you went into the bathroom or just the lobby area. It was and there just was, with the waiting room. There were chocolates in the lobby and coffee and a waterfall. Um, a waterfall. <laughs> and, and it was like a spa. A stark yeah. contrast from um, the medical. Yeah, I just started crying. I was like, Dominican, this is wow. so different. Wow. So, so different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. And then I think, I think that day, maybe the next day, you had it biopsied, mm-hmm. the thing in your neck. And then that's when Scott sat us down. He's like, you know, Here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is, or the the bad news is that you have cancer. Um, the good news is that it's the most treatable cancer that there is. And you know, my partner is the is the best. Doctor Farmer is the best in the in the country. And I already have you an appointment, and you're going to stay here with us in our house. And wow. um, here's what you're going to do. I've got the endocrinologist. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Harris lined up and, wow. you know, and just kind of rattled off all these arrangements that we didn't have to make because yeah. he did. And um, so I think we ended up staying in their house for three or four days um, for testing. Then we came back to Indianapolis for a week and then went back, had surgery, and then we're there for another week or so, and then came back to Indianapolis for um, for another week. And then we went back to Gainesville where we had had her treatment and um, the stewards allowed us to live in there, the house they were trying to sell. So my family came down and we pitched a tent and, and brought over the porch furniture and put mm-hmm. it in the living room. And wow. <laughs> so we were so taken care of mm-hmm. um, by all by all of our friends in Gainesville that, like I said earlier, were from one of our mission teams mm-hmm. um, that actually will be going down here in another another um, month or so in January. I don't know wow. when this is gonna gonna Man. air, but. Yeah, so that had um, to have been like such a blessing to have people walking, you know, especially this doctor walking you through that process oh and laying <laughs> the plans ahead of you and totally. like had to have felt like a 
just an actual direct touch from the Lord. Oh, yeah. Because I, I can't imagine, first of all, as you're sitting here talking about this and you're talking about, okay, you're down, you've answered this call to go to some foreign country and do missions work. And, you know, you're having all these health issues, which can be, you know, regardless whether it's not, you know, cancer or not, but let's say just in general, just health issues or physical ailments can be super frustrating, you know, especially if you don't really know exactly how to get regulated. And you know, I have to imagine there was some difficulty, like, like your, like some heart issues that you're wrestling through during that season. You know, you got really bad um, medical treatment centers. You've got really bad experiences with this. How did you guys keep your heart right in those times or, or did you, or what was that? What did that feel like as you're trying to do ministry? Mm -hmm. All right, God, we like answer your call and then we're in this. <laughs> What's going on here? You know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like the, the time of, cause it felt, I mean, it was months and months of waiting before we knew what was going on. And that was the hardest part. Like once I feel like once you kind of at least get and I think other people can relate to this. Once you get that diagnosis, it's like, okay, finally, we know what it is. Mm. Now I can do something about it. But yeah. when you're just waiting around, it's like, oh, what is going on? Yeah. Like, when am I ever going to get the answers? What could it be? And then you can go crazy just thinking right. of all the possibilities. And um, I don't know, for reasons beyond what I can explain, like I've never felt closer to God than I did mm. during that time. And I feel like he totally came through for us, um, for both of us and just continue to keep us encouraged, even though it was like probably the hardest thing we've ever gone through together. Um, I read my Bible like crazy wow. and I feel yeah. like he spoke to me through what I read more than any other time in my life. And I just felt like he was just so present. And so I don't know, like we had this peace and strength that I don't think I've ever felt since mm -hmm. then. And I, I mean, I owe it all to him like that. Wow. He got us through it because I, it, wasn't how I would have pictured myself responding or how I would even expect a friend to respond who had strong faith. I'd be like, it's okay. Like, this is a terrible thing. Like you can yeah. have, you know, breakdowns and ask God questions. And I think all that is healthy and normal. Um, but I don't know, for some reason we just had this peace and, mm -hmm. um, and I think I think you're describing our best days for sure. Like, yeah. No, I mean we totally like had that. the like yeah. crying on the bed together, just like what the heck yeah. kind of stuff too. But I think overall, like looking back on it, like I just remember God being there, yeah. and mm. um, I don't know, just getting through it on His strength and definitely not ours because I don't. Yeah. And in our know. best days, like you know, it is that attitude of like it's easy to see God work in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just be in awe about how he connected us to this person, to this person, to this person, and helped us mm -hmm. through at this time. Yep. Um, but on our worst days, and I probably struggled with more this more than more than you, but you know, I, I guess in my my personal beliefs is very much like, or how I live my life, like I kind of get it, expect to get out of life what I put into mm -hmm. it. So, um, you know, it was kind of difficult for me personally thinking, you know, we're on, come on, God, we sold all of our stuff. Yeah. We're on the missions field. We just quit our normal insurance and now we have this wow. trash insurance and all these, you know, stomach issues, you know, that was the first thing. Yeah. And then it turned into an, all these cancer issues. And it's like, we've done, you know, we tried to follow your lead and now like, look what you, where you've put us, mm -hmm. like, why aren't like, we need you to show up and show up big time. And mm -hmm. why did you leave us? And 
I mean, that's that's kind of the, the worst ways, but I think anybody going through hurt in a way, um, you know, has both sides of the, the coin that they yep. have to look at and, and deal with. And um, I don't think, you know, no matter what your faith is, that you're immune to, right, to one sure. or the other. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There were, I was going to say, there were definitely plenty of days where it just felt like, it almost felt awkward to be doing what we were doing because it was like, okay, there's mm. these people coming down here expecting us to like, they're like, I don't know, sometimes people put like missionaries on a pedestal like, oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you have superpowers and like God speaks to you every day and <laughs> you're awesome and nothing bad ever happens to you. So it's like, hey, here we are, we're serving you, like putting out food, like giving the rundown of the day, like going through, you know, like yep. the details of organizing their week for them because that's what we did. We took tw- yep. we took care of um, short-term mission teams that would come down to serve and then meanwhile I'd be like just a minute and go into the bathroom lay on the floor cry for a good yep. 10 minutes and then come wow. back out. Then I'd go in and say you're, you're fine. I've got to go buy rice. Like, right. Wow. Yeah. Try Get to out smile. there and smile. Not Man. really. I don't know because we, we never really got to know people super, super well when yeah. they were just there for a couple of days so you just kind of had to I didn't want to spill my yeah, absolutely. crazy unknowns of the insides of my heart on these people I just met. Right. So. <laughs> well, man, that's so true because, you know, same thing for as a pastor, you know, some people, I think they think that you are some kind on some kind of a, mm-hmm. another level with your relationship with the Lord. And, you know, certainly people in ministry are, are, are called to, you know, um, a certain, a certain standard and bar on how we're, you know, conducting our lives. But at the end of the day, we're, normal people mm-hmm. with normal struggles and normal fears and normal doubts. And, and we wrestle with the Lord about the same kind of stuff that everybody else wrestles with the Lord about. And there are certain days that are really bad days and we slip up and we fall and we sin. And there are certain days that we really struggle with believing that God is who he says he is. And there's, there's, it's no different, you know, as, as anybody else. Um, and I think it's just a, I think that's actually the power of like, of the fact that God calls us in spite of us, not because of us. You know, it's like he called you guys into this great work to to do something really special for his kingdom. And he did it um, not because you were some awesome people, but because he knew that you guys were going to, no matter what you walked through, you were going to give him glory. You were going to give him praise. You were going to, um, out of your weakness, he was going to be strong and he was going to be made famous through all of it. And I think that's just really cool. Even just to see that it, you can, you can, you can have really bad days and really good days, and still walk in both of those days with peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what, like what I'm hearing from you guys is like, yeah, we we like felt God's presence, and yet at the same time, we're going, God, where are you? What's going on? But we've had this peace that like God was in this with us. You know, whether it turned out for the, you know, in in a way that we didn't think it was going to turn out, or whether it came through for a miracle. I think that's, man, that's super powerful. Um, were there times that, um, that it caused either one of you guys to like really waver in your faith? Maybe, you know, what I hear out of you is not that it caused you to waver in your faith and like the existence of God, but maybe the goodness of God. What, what was that wrestling like as you're wrestling through? Okay. We've always believed God's good. And they can be trusted. During that season, what was it like? You know, I, I, I guess no. I feel like, you know, we, I feel like we did. We were, we were able to, by the grace of God, stick together pretty mm. much through the, through the thick and thin of of the um, missionary life. And 
um, just the troubles, health issues that came, came with it for uh, us particularly. Um, but I don't know. I think God showed up in <laughs> maybe soon enough for our taste because mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't like, I, I didn't feel, you know, personally, I didn't feel like we were like, had the strongest faith at all, at all mm-hmm. times. And I've seen God show up in repeatedly and in, in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, through my personal life. And, um, more recently, I guess, through situations at, at mm-hmm. work that we do. Um, and, you know, it, it always, <laughs> I always think that I have faith and I thought growing up that that was one of my spiritual gifts was faith. And then stupid little things happen at work that I like <laughs> lose my mind. Like, how is this <laughs> happening? And then I tell myself, you know, God has come through in the past and, wow. you know, he's going to in the future and I don't believe it. Hmm. Um, and then it, then he comes through right away more than we can ask or imagine. And then, you know, I feel good about it. And a month later, some little thing comes, it's like, what is happening? Like it's, <laughs> so I think it's a, a struggle of ups and downs and, and with our particular, this, the, um, for this particular situation, like, I don't think we had any amazing faith, um, throughout the process. I think that, God sustained us through the process and just showed up in enough time that we didn't have time to mm-hmm. totally question so um, or question the goodness of God. I don't mm-hmm. know, Shannon, how you feel on that, but I don't think that we ever really did. Well, I think when you're talking about faith, you just made a statement where like you 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 would tell yourself, okay, God's been faithful in the past. He's going to be faithful in the future, even though you said, even though I didn't believe it. Well, and I, so there's I, like, but I think faith is more than, I think oftentimes people confuse faith with a heart thing, with like a feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this thing I'm supposed to feel. And if I don't feel it, then I don't have faith. But in fact, I think faith is a lot more of what you were doing. It's a head thing that ends up, you know, eventually matriculating to your heart the more you tell yourself truth. Well, I think you, you know? can recognize obvious situations that Mm -hmm. God has showed up in the past. And it's always after you've worked your way through, you know, the journey to you get to the end of of some, a certain struggle, it's easy to look back and, you know, connect the dots and see God was so faithful and to tell that story. And, you know, in a way, I think we have the responsibility to tell that story for others, but also for ourselves to Mm -hmm. help us remember (laughs) remember. because it's not always easy to remember in in the moment of when the next struggle starts. Certainly. Yeah. That's so good. That's why like God told the people of Israel, Hey, like build these monuments here as markers so that like when you walk by this again with your kids, you can point to it and go, Hey, let me tell you a story about how good God is and how faithful he is. Mm -hmm. And we didn't think that we were going to come through in this one. We didn't think God was going to be able to save us. And yet he did, you know, and that's just a really cool thing. And that does like, it's, it's so much of this like head heart relationship that happens that even when I don't feel it, I know it. And you know, it's that, it's that like, Hey, I believe help me in my unbelief. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I believe in my head, but but I'm like Mm -hmm. really struggling to feel it and believe here in my heart. So help me with that. As almost, well, it's almost embarrassing how fast we forget, you yeah. know, yeah. about what yeah we totally what do. God does, <laughs> and it's like I mean now just looking back at like what He did through just that situation, it's like man, I should have the faith for anything. I should. Yeah. Why do I ever freak out about anything anymore? And it's like you just it's crazy. You're silly. You just forget. <laughs> so <laughs> we fast. have very short term memories. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true. What would be um, along those lines, right? So how how far along are you? Uh. 26 weeks. 26 weeks. Holy cow. CrossFit, you would never know. 
Right. You never know. This is a pl- shameless plug for pregnant women. You should do CrossFit. By the Ooh. way, along those lines, there's a gal that works out in our box. Her name is Tara. And she was at like 38 weeks and doing Toast to Bar wow. still. <laughs> which like if the listener, you don't know what Toast to Bar are, just like Google it, Toast to Bar. <laughs> and she's like Somehow having to go like, up there. like wide leg <laughs> to go around. around her belly. You know what I mean? Just the, awesome. I, I remember walking in the gym going like, what are you doing? <laughs> But she yeah. was in incredible shape even yeah. as she had her baby. But yeah. so if you're like, if you're thinking about, do you know if it's a boy or girl yet? Girl. Know? Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So if you're thinking about imparting this to your to your daughter, mm-hmm. right? Like this is how good God is. Mm-hmm. Like what would you what would you tell her? You know what what's something that you would say as you're telling her your story, and you want to teach her how awesome God is, you know, how good he is. I don't know. You're I just, asking us parent questions. Right. We're not even parents. Not I know, but are we supposed to have those? No, so you can think through that, you know, <laughs> you can just go. <laughs> no, I feel like just like over the years of just looking back at life, you know, I mean, we're still young, but our short life so far, like, um, I think it's important to continue to revisit like how God has worked in our lives, uh-huh. like in our personal lives, like with, me and Joe and with our family, we have some crazy stories just in our extended families as well. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's all over the Bible too, like looking back at, you know, countless stories of remembering. And I think that was probably how they did it back then. Like if people weren't writing things yep. down, they were sharing stories and telling stories about what God did over the years and through their families and through their people groups. And um, But I think just, yeah, remembering to... Like I, I want to celebrate my anniversary of when mm-hmm. I found out my cancer was gone every year for the rest of yeah. my life because I think it's important to, to remember what God did and um, I don't know so I don't know if it's anything specific but I'm more of like a personal story person like I like hearing yep. other people's stories and that's how I, I really feel like I, I learn um, and understand God well um, just through what He does in other people so I just want to be an open book for her I guess yeah. and just. I think it'll be good for us as a family to continue to go back and remember when yep. God did this and yep. we went through that. Well, I think it's important just to celebrate God's faithfulness. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can read about it in the Bible. And, um, you know, obviously as Christians, we believe that that hits home for us. Yep. Um, and then personal stories from friends and family, you know, but even, you know, as you talk about our daughter, like as parents, like personal stories from our, you know, from us to our daughter and just saying like, this is what... God did in our lives, and these are the struggles that we had. Yeah. You know, you're going to have struggles as well. Um, but look, you know, here's where God showed up in, in very specific ways. And I don't know, I mean, even in, you know, this is something that, you know, even we forget about, I feel like. it. Sometimes it seems like a lifetime ago that we were kind of struggling through health issues, mm-hmm. um, working as missionaries in a foreign country. Um, um, so... You know, even our conversation that we had with with Harvey's, you know, mm-hmm. a few months ago, you know, we had we talked kind of through this story with you, um, and we hadn't, at least I hadn't thought about it for a while, and it, I kind of left there with like just being encouraged yeah. by my own story, yeah. kind of like <laughs> yeah. just oh, remembering yeah. <laughs> God's faithfulness and in our own lives because I mean it's not something that <laughs> yep. we should forget, but we do forget it, or at least I do. Um, you know, as, as life moves forward. So just, you know, being able to pass on kind of stories of faithfulness, specific stories um, are going to, I, I hope, be very valuable for her and also for us yep. as, as parents, because I'm sure there will be struggles along the way <laughs> in, in our lives and obviously for hers Absolutely. As well. well, yeah, I think faith, you know, trial grows our faith, 
right? Because we, something about the, the, you know, it actually talks about in the scripture how trial will test our faith. And so that testing then grows it and produces things inside of us. And, um, and, and, and even though we're going through light momentary affliction is what scripture says, it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory. So there's something being, um, faith that's being enhanced inside of us through that. But then I also think that faith can be imparted to you by others. And like what you're doing right here and sharing your story, there are thousands of people who are listening to this and they're what we call it hope through your headphones, right? It's just like they're hearing about God come through, coming through in a really big way in your life, performing a miracle in your life. And then it stirs up their faith and they start to say, I, I, okay, I believe that God can come through in my situation as well. And, um, and I think that you're right. That's like one of our obligations and responsibilities is to share that the goodness of God through our story. And uh, I would encourage the listener, you know, if you have a great story, share that with other people because it, it allows them to borrow your faith, right? It's like the, that whole, I believe help me in my unbelief. Like what he's asking is I'm like, I need to borrow some faith here when I don't have some faith of my own. I think that's really powerful. So, okay. We kind of skipped ahead because the, the triumphant part of this story, you know, you find out you have cancer. Now you're cancer free. Talk to me about that process. What was that battle with cancer like? You know, what was the, the how long was it that you, you know, received treatment? What, what did that look like? Okay, so I think it I'll was... I'll give the stats and then you can fill them in. It was basically... Okay, yeah, can you go ahead? Yeah, you so had, don't you mess had it surgery up. <laughs> in October of 2010. Excuse me. August. August of, August of mm-hmm. 2010, she was diagnosed and had surgery. And then her, um, her treatment, her radioactive iodine treatment. And then we thought, you know we hoped that we were kind of home free at that point. Mm. Um, we, we thought that maybe there would be some more treatment in the future. Um, but we kind of hoped that there, there wouldn't be. And, um, there's a small percentage of patients that would be done after kind of one treatment. So we kind of hoped that we were in that, that way. So we, um, in, in December, then we moved back to the Dominican Republic to kind of finish out our time as missionaries with solid rock. Um, and then your numbers weren't quite right or something like that. And our surgeons, <laughs> um, in hindsight, I've, I've heard that our surgeon and our, and her, our endocrinologist kind of got in an argument of, you know, this surgery, the, the cancer's gone. Well, the, the numbers don't necessarily show mm. it to be, well, I got it all. Well, I, let me look at it. So long story short, um, you had to have another surgery in March of 2011, um, which is when we moved kind of back for good and started yeah. our new jobs and new, new lives here. But, um, and then, then the miracle or the, or the triumphant success came kind of six months after that when um, we had totally expected to have another treatment. We've been told that you're going to have another treatment. Um, mm-hmm. And when they, they checked her levels in, in August, I guess August 31st, right? Yep. Of 2011, um, that, the numbers came back clear. So wow, that yeah. was an exciting, exciting day. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to fill in more details to that, they, I think, so I think, I think it's fairly normal that after you have a surgery, you get like the radioactive iodine treatment to just kind of like clean things up. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's pretty hard to get like everything removed. And um, I, I guess mine was fairly widespread. Like the first surgery they removed maybe like a hundred lymph nodes from the right side of mm. my neck and chest. And then the second one, oh, and my whole thyroid. 
And then the second one was maybe 30 on the left side that they ended up removing. Mm. Um, so it kind of like makes sense. Like he probably can't get every single little right. piece, even though I had an amazing surgeon. You can't, yeah. I, like you can't even see my scar really. Wow. Um, that you would have to do that. So it was during that time that we were just kind of expecting it. And my endocrino- endocrinologist um, was super like straightforward with us. And I remember exactly where I was in the backyard when she told me like, you know, it was pretty widespread. We do expect it to come back. That Like more than likely it is going to come back at some point. We'll have to treat it just because it was so mm. um, widespread. So like we're going to get this next uh, treatment scheduled for you so you can whatever. Like we were just kind of like moving things forward. Um, and in the meantime, another interesting detail um, and I don't really know if it was Dr. Harris or Dr. Farmer, but it was at some national um, conference for people working in endocrinology um, that the Mayo Clinic was hosted. Somehow my case ended up being the one that was like presented to all of the doctors some, in the country. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, somehow. I don't know if the Lord's providence right. was in that at all. <laughs> so that yeah. was like an, a, another like amazing thing. Like we are being so taken care of in wow. this process. Like God just like decided to round up all the best doctors wow. <laughs> to like uh, figure out what to do with me, I guess. So they kind of were like, I mean, they kind of like talked through my case, I mm. guess. I wasn't there, but um, figuring out what would be the good next steps, how to manage things, all of that. Um, so we definitely felt like we were in good hands and we we're just like, okay, like whatever you say, we're going to do it. Just move forward, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was at that time that I read a book by Stephen Furtick called Sun mm. Stand Still. And it talks oh, wow. a lot about like praying for big things yep. and just not really limiting God and um, asking for, you know, anything really. Yeah. <laughs> like he's wow. capable of anything. Do we believe it enough to ask? And I think just after reading that, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to pray that this is gone. I'm going to pray that it's over. I'm going to pray that it, like, I don't never comes get, back. Yeah, it never <laughs> comes back, that I don't have to get this treatment. Like, let's just pray for a miracle. Like, why not? Like, yeah. let's just be crazy and do it. So we, like, told maybe, like, some friends and family, and Joe and I started praying and had my, so they do, like, a full body scan to, um, mm-hmm. like, check and see if there's any cancer cells remaining in your body. Um, and they do that before the treatment because mm-hmm. obviously you don't want to get it if you don't really need it. And it took, I remember it took forever for my um, doctor's office to call me back with the results. It was like I thought I was going to have them on one day. They didn't call. And then the next day they didn't call. And I started calling, like, multiple times every day, like being super annoying. I was like, I don't care. I'll be the crazy girl. Like I want to bother you so that you call me and get me these results because we're going crazy here. And yeah, like Joe said on the 31st, that was when I finally got the call. And I remember where I was for that call. I was like right at the entrance of the garage and Joe was in the office working and, and she just like, kind of like nonchalantly was like, yeah, it looks like everything's clear. You're not going to need your, <laughs> I think you're good to go. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I started crying and she's kind of like freaked out. Like, are those happy tears? Wow. Like, I, I guess when it's, you know, part of your job, you don't really yep. sometimes yep. think about, I don't know, it's just yeah. more routine. Yeah, but exactly. yeah, I, I just remember that being, I mean, that was one of the happiest days of our lives, just wow. like crying so hard and like so happy and um, just amazed and thankful and went and got a tattoo that day to celebrate <laughs> and just like we just went crazy. It was That's so fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was August 31st, 2011. And Wow. So now 
you're more than six years mm-hmm. past that. Yeah. And God did an incredible miracle to, you know, free you of cancer mm-hmm. and you're still free of cancer. But, and your health is like returned, <laughs> you know, so to speak. But you're not just like, your, your health isn't just returned. <laughs> you're like, you, you have this like, this passion for this thing that I'm crazy passionate about. Everybody who is passionate about, or everyone who's in it, they're passionate about it. Yes. It's a cult, right? It it's is. like either love it or hate it. Call right. CrossFit. Yep. Mm-hmm. People hate when I talk about it because I talk about it all the time. Yeah. But you're not, you don't just do CrossFit. <laughs> There's you're like you're like actually like ranked. Mm-hmm. Like you're a great CrossFitter. Tell the listener a little bit about this past year oh, for gosh. you. So I don't know. Yeah, I just I mean basically like right after treatment and even kind of throughout the process, I was kind of interested in it and um, got into the gym in Broderpool um, Fit Club. I coached there part-time also. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just, I don't know. I think I was just so happy to be healthy. I kind of just like went crazy and was like, this is <laughs> awesome. I want to do all these things. This is so fun. Like wow. just kind of living it up. and Gave you a new appreciation for yeah, life. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. And, I was wow. like, I'm going to just... I don't know. I was like almost like crazy the other way. Like I'm going to be as healthy as possible, like eat all the good foods and exercise and like just live it up because I think I was just so thankful to like be out of that mess. And um, I don't know, I guess I found out that I was like kind of like good at it. You're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, I don't know. You did. It did take you 81 days of P90X to do your first pull up. Yeah. I mean, I started from like nowhere. Like, hey, but that's like (laughs) encouraging to people because I'm telling you, people look at like CrossFit and it's so daunting to them and intimidating. And it's like, no, no, no. Anybody from any point, like just kind of work your way there. Yeah. So it's kind of like a joke. Like I feel like it's like, God like wasn't done with his miracle there. Yeah. It was like, okay, like you think you like you only thought that it would be good enough to ask for this cancer to be gone. Wow. Well, how about I make you 2017 fit second fittest woman in Indiana? How about wow. you go compete at the regional level for five years in a row? How about you go to <laughs> national weightlifting meet? Like all this like crazy stuff that I like I didn't dream of. I didn't grow up like thinking Man. like, oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up, or it just kind of like. I don't know. It happened, and I feel like God just gave me this like extra little. And I'll brag on you (laughs) a little bit because she she won't brag on herself. Yeah, she won't. And come on, hubby, do it. (laughs) I won't brag on you that much. (laughs) At least not on your fitness part of it. (laughs) Um, But you, you know, God gave you a platform of your story and a platform for CrossFit um, Mm -hmm. to where. Like Davey said, there's a cult following of CrossFitters that <laughs> I can walk around the city and people recognize me as the girl, the boy on Shannon's Instagram. <laughs> um, but you've seen kind of that, you know, seeing God's miracle as a responsibility for you to share and you're not mm-hmm. afraid to share it. And I feel like we see things yeah. weekly uh, almost like fruits of that, yeah. that you're not afraid to share that and use that as a platform for God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cool. Well, I feel like, you know, one of the things God's been teaching me is that, you know, when we walk through brokenness, we walk through trial, that brokenness is for our benefit. It grows our faith, but it, it's for other people's benefit. It grows their faith. And like God gets put on display and our life is squeezed out in that way so that God can get put on display and so that his story is the thing that's prominent to everybody and people give him glory and they start to follow him. You know, they get inspired by that. And then, you know, I think, I think the other thing that God's been teaching me that I think is really apropos for your story is in Psalm 23, you know, verse four talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but verse five talks about how, um, 
it says my cup overflows. I think it's really cool. Is like God didn't just fill your cup; He overflowed your cup, mm-hmm. right? And and overflowing onto other people, so that you can benefit and be a refreshment to other people by sharing the goodness of the Lord. And you know, filling your cup would have been great to return you to good health, <laughs> but man, He didn't. He did a lot more than that. And that's the God that we serve. You know, that we can we can believe that um, whether we beat cancer or not, he's good and he's going to overflow our cup. You know, whether, whether cancer takes our life here and this life, or we get to see, you know, something like your story, something triumphant where, you know, the Lord gives you the, the ability and his power at work inside of you beats cancer here in this life. Regardless, he's still good and he's still God and he's in control. And man, it's just what a powerful thing, what a powerful thing to, to hear this. Okay. So what is, what would you guys say is like one big thing or maybe one or two big things before we close that God's taught you through this whole process? As you sit back and you look at the landscape of your story and you go, man, what's God taught you about you or about him? Or, Well, I mean, one thing that he's taught us, I think as a, as a couple and that we can use almost on a daily basis or on a daily basis um, is just in relation to our work. Like we kind of left um, as missionaries with Solid Rock. And when we were down in the Dominican Republic, our director resigned when we were mm. lived down there. Um, and our board asked us, hey, Joe and Shannon, would you be interested in running, being the directors of the organization back from here? To which we said no for about 15 months and then <laughs> said, oh, you know, maybe it'll be a good fit. And it, you know, has been an amazing fit for us. Um, and, you know, right now we're in the process of building a, um, a $5 million hospital wow. project down in, in a remote area of the DR. And, um, you know, part of the passion for it or, you know, what we're able to do is just the kind of our own personal experience with um, the healthcare system of the DR. I mean, yeah. we, we like to say, like, you know, we know how it is. In reality, we have no idea mm-hmm. how it is because we, we see it through the eyes of, of um, white, white upper class yep. people that have money and transportation and have doctors we can email and say, hey, mm-hmm. is this right? Um, whereas the majority of the country, unfortunately, you know, we went to the best best facility in, in the country and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. The, the, the things were administered, it wasn't terrible, but, but there were issues. The things were administered um, incorrectly. You know, we didn't really know um, you know, they diagnosed it as a, as a lymph node instead of mm-hmm. as the thyroid had grown an arm that was cancerous. <laughs> wow. Um, so just kind of seeing that gives, gives us um, kind of passion for this project and, you know, that we can, you know, provide, provide hope to um, Dominican people who may not have even access to healthcare, let alone yeah. the best healthcare in the country, let alone the best healthcare that, you know, through, through our situation as mm-hmm. well. So, um, you know, without that struggle that we walk through, we, you know, we wouldn't know the difference between Domin- truly, and we really don't truly know the difference, but we wouldn't have, um, know as much as we do about the difference between healthcare in the Dominican Republic and healthcare in the States yeah. and just kind of what's lacking in the DR. And, um, you know, we've heard, been able to hear stories about individuals going for, um, for a medical procedure and getting turned away and saying, come back on Christmas, you know, just because, you know, knowing that the facility won't be open on Christmas, just because of how they look, they look poor. Wow. And, you know, they may have traveled three days to get, to come here and used all their money. And, um, 
don't know, just, just amazing stories. We've seen, seen friends. Um, we haven't seen them, but we've heard, we know friends who have, um, you know, died in, in the hospital because of diseases that were curable because they looked poor. So they didn't get treated. You know, we were on the ground in, um, during the Haiti earthquake of 2000, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2010, we had, took our medical team to the border, you know, two days after the earthquake and just saw the, the, um, hallways filled with patients that, that weren't being treated, um, just because there wasn't healthcare there. So, um, I think that that, you know, the trials that we have had, you know, that we were given, you know, help us, you know, to kind of, you know, our, our, um, needs have been taken care of. Um, so I think that that, you know, allows us to use our lives in a way that we can, um, hopefully use our lives so that we're, you know, taking care of others because we don't have to worry about kind of some of our immediate needs as well. Awesome. Wow. Anything you'd add to that, Shannon? And then in a second, I want to find out, I just thought of this, but if, you know, we, we can put it on our podcast page, but if people can support that effort, cool. yeah. you know, I'd love to put that on there. So, you know, if, before you add to that, Shannon, if you, if you want to uh, find out more about that, you can go to davyblackburn.com, go to the podcast page for this particular podcast for, with the Zimmermans, and uh, we'll have something there for, for you to be able to click on and, and find out more. But yeah, what would you add to that? Um. Okay, so what was your original question? Just like, what has God <laughs> taught you in this as you're looking at the landscape um, of the story? It's okay. like, man, what, here's something that God's really just been pressing into my spirit and taught me. Um, I, well, I think I can really relate to the the whole like faith isn't always a feeling kind of thing. Yeah. Like just being able to have those like concrete, solid experiences in my life that I think I'll like I'll have forever. And I mean, hopefully, there's more to come too that I'll be able to continue mm-hmm. to build my faith on um, as we get older. But I think also the other thing is um, I think it's really hard for people to share their stories sometimes mm-hmm. because they're afraid like it is going to become too much about them. And like, I'm not someone who I don't really like all the attention <laughs> on me and yeah. it like freaks me out. And I, I don't want to be seen as like, Oh, she's only saying that for the attention. She mm-hmm. only says cancer because that makes people go, Ooh, like, right. you know, but I, I, I think we touched on it earlier. It's, it's kind of like, I feel like it's our responsibility as believers, like when God does something in our lives, like I think it's good for us to share and we need to share. And if, if we share the full story, then I think God takes care of it and he speaks through us and he's the one that's glorified and not us. So I think it's important that when God works in our lives, that we're sharing it with the larger community because he's going to, I mean, you never know who he's going to reach with what you go through. And um, I think that's so important. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being willing to share your story. It's going to help a lot of people. <laughs> and it's going to really encourage a lot of people. And so, I mean, it's great to have you guys on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And we're just praying that this really encourages a lot of folks. And um, where, you, where can where can we find you guys? You have an Instagram handle. Is that what you guys I do? But mine's like all CrossFit. So don't look <laughs> at it if you don't like stuff. CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. my name, Shannon Zim. Shannon yeah. Zim. Well, hopefully we can get a chance to do a workout at some point together and you can just absolutely crush me. And <laughs> that'd be really fun. Really fun. Actually, well, right yeah. now she has the strength of a grown woman and a fetus in her. So, <laughs> so you don't want to mess with her now. No joke. <laughs> no joke. Well, man, Joe, Shannon, great to have you guys on the podcast. Thanks Thank so you, much David. for being willing to do this. Man, that was powerful. Yeah, it was. That was really good. Uh, what a neat couple. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm sitting here trying to dig in and be like, Hey, when did you doubt God? When did you? And they're like, um, I mean, we, you know, we didn't. I'm like, yeah, seriously. I'm putting myself in that place. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Like I do believe them, but I can't believe that. You know, how cool is that? Well, I think that that just speaks to like in scripture, it says that he gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Right. And that peace is going to guard your heart and mind Mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus. So it, it basically keeps out the doubt. Yeah. It, you know, there's something supernatural that happens yeah. when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you mm-hmm. and you lean into that. And there's something powerful. God will do a work in you that gives you peace yeah. in the midst of your storm. I'm really thankful for the stories like this that we get to hear because I think that it just reminds me of like that coined phrase, right? Nothing is wasted. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that like these people still have joy in the midst of right. everything that they've experienced, um, that they're passionate about helping other people and that they're, they're doing work to, um, you know, prevent their, yep. their bad experience, yep. um, to make something great for, for other people in the Dominican Republic. It's just really cool. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and this has been a particularly powerful story just to sit and listen to, because I think it shows you the full scale of tragedy to triumph. Right. You know, and this is this has been a major. It's a long journey that they've, yeah. they've been walking. You know, this is not an overnight thing, right. and that's the case. You know, um, Scripture says in First Peter, it says, um, uh, after you suffer for a little while, mm-hmm. right, then the God of uh, of of grace will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish your feet. Yeah. And so there's going to be a season of that, like walking through trial, but he promises like, hey, I'm going to bring triumph in this. Mm-hmm. And even if that triumph means like on on this side of, of eternity, you don't see it. Like we know that the promise of triumph is to come. And I feel like this is powerful for us because our word for 2018 at Resonate Church is, is victory. Yeah. I feel like God is wanting to take us into a season where he shows us triumph and mm-hmm. victory out of our tragedy. And I don't really know what that looks like. I just know that that's the word that's been placed on my heart. So I'm kind of in January preaching through all of this, you know, idea of what it looks like to to ask God for really big things in your life and miracles and coming through. And so it's just cool to sit here and listen to a couple who is on that side of it. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys. And man, if it was, and this this podcast has been helpful and, and encouraging to you, would you, would you go and and um, rate and review it. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. And it just helps us to get this out to more people. And we really love seeing your comments and your reviews. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's just cool to just scroll through. Every once in a while, I'll scroll through and I'll read those. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this really is impacting people. It's really people. encouraging. Yeah. yeah. It makes it worth doing a really long Sunday afternoon recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. To, like, to, to see how people are being impacted, this hope through your headphones. Yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. So. Hey, if there are questions that we can answer for you, um, if there are people that maybe you you have connections with that you'd be interested in seeing on the podcast, um, if you have stories that you want to share with us, um, if you would like for us to, to just join you in prayer mm. about a situation that's going on in your life, I would say that's probably what I'm most passionate about is is joining with you guys in prayer for whatever trial that you're you're currently walking through. Please let us know. Um, you can you can reach out to us 
by email at hello at davyblackburn.com. Um, and yeah, we would just really love to hear from you. Yeah. And a couple things before we sign off. Again, I'll reiterate that we're going to put a link to how you can help the Zimmermans on their project down mm-hmm. in the DR. Yeah. Um, how you can support financially if God leads you to do that. We'll put that link on the podcast page, so davyblackburn.com, and then navigate to the podcast page for the Zimmermans. And, um, and as always, thank you, Ryan O'Neill. Sleeping at last, mm-hmm. as his uh, his his music name goes, artist name. Thank you so much for providing the music to this podcast. Um, you guys can go listen to him anywhere that music can be downloaded or streamed. And thank you for listening to this episode. Join us next time on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast.